1: Welcome, everyone, to the most disrespected podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, February 20th, currently 11-11 on the East Coast. Here to recap NBA All-Star Weekend, and we'll recap uh, what we've seen in the first half of the season and the Western conference, but joining me here to help me break it all down. You guys know him as the voice of course, here on the NBA gambling podcast, the WNBA gambling podcast, the NFL gambling podcast, the superstar of the show. It's the villain Terrell Furman jr. Terrell. What's going on, my man.
0: Oh, nothing, nothing. Just swimming in all the cash that I made giving out first round three point contest unders this weekend. First off, I would like to shout out my partner in crime, Jake Paquin. Yes, Jake. Shout out to us. We've done it yet again because we have come out here. And for the second straight year, we have been profitable in giving out the unders in the three-point contest first round. Shout out to Tyrese Halliburton and shout out to Damian Lillard, I believe it was, for giving us a little bit of a sweat there giving us a little bit of sweat making us think that you know oh crap two of them cashed. maybe some others are going to cash no nobody else cashed it wasn't even close we hit the money ball rack we hit the three-point contest first round score under we hit all of that 12 and 4 on the weekend if you bet all of those bets that we told you on friday 12 and 4 in the three-point contest and you cashed a damian lillard winner so (sighs) <sighs> I I don't know what to do with myself. I am just of the wall, floored, and swimming around in cash. Shout out to us.
1: Is this anything like taking the first half unders in uh, the NCAA Oh, it tournament? was
0: better. It was better because now, <laughs> well, maybe it wasn't a better sweat long term. That's a better sweat long term because you have at least three days that you're sweating those. Yes. Yeah. We sweat that bet for about
1: a minute and a half.
0: Yeah, Um, I think so. Tyrese Halliburton was second. So, Tyrese Halliburton went second. So, after Tyrese Halliburton went, I'm like, whoo, this might be, you know, I'm one and one. It might be, and then another and another and another and another and another and another and another, and and we keep winning
1: bets. (laughs) Julius Randle and Kevin Herter, the real MVPs of the three-point contest, but also joining us, you guys know him as the voice here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Delonte Smith. Delonte, what's going on, my man?
2: Not much, man. Excited to break down uh, what we saw from uh, the first half of the Western Conference and uh, get, get, I guess, get some clarity on some of these teams going forward, buyers, sellers, Uh, all-star weekend, I mean, I don't do a lot of betting on all-star weekend, but. Uh, hit Tatum ten to one to win the MVP. There you go. Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, but overall, just ready to get back to uh, to seeing what's going to happen in the future with these NBA teams.
1: Yeah, we're it's not exactly the halfway point. Uh, I think most teams have played course. about fifty eight to fifty nine games. We have about twenty three to twenty four games left for each team here as we kind of get into the final stretch. Of the NBA regular season. We'll touch on all that uh, in the Western Conference. So I know we don't have games till about Thursday, but we'll do Western Conference today. Um, and then we'll do Eastern Conference tomorrow. Then on the Wednesday show, uh, the guys will give out some futures um, and some bets to make right now uh, as we kind of wind down the NBA season here. So, um, you know, Terrell already touched on it uh, of the three point contest, all the money that they made to all the listeners. If you didn't listen uh, to uh, Scott and Terrell and uh, Jake, Well, you're not swimming
0: here. We'll see you next year because we're doing it again next year. So it's fine. It's perfectly fine. If you didn't listen, it is so fine. Like you had to see it firsthand to make sure that it was really a thing. And now you see 12 and four (laughs) plus all the money back, all the money ball bets were Mm -hmm. plus money when we gave them out. Now, eventually, you know, being the sharps that we are, they all move to actually being the favorite of the yes or no. But when we gave them out, all of those no's were plus money. So it's a lot of people that are swimming in cash. There's a lot of people that wish they tailed. And I just want you to know it's fine because we're going to be back next year. That's the great thing about the All-Star. We're going to be back next year in Indiana. Let's do it.
1: Uh, any other thing or any t- other takeaways, anything else you want to mention from All-Star weekend, uh, Terrell? Uh,
0: takeaways from all
1: contest, anything, skills contest, the actual game. Oh,
0: well, Mac McClellan put a whole community of people that don't have hops on his back so shout out to matt mcclung for standing up for all the people out there that don't have hops uh he he really carried a community on his back there with that one it was he had a great contest and Trey murphy had a good contest too like i don't want people taking up Trey murphy Trey his first dunk with jose alvarado was probably one of the more creative dunks that i saw because it actually told a story that was real because yeah. Jose Alvarado does that mid-game. And then he, Trey Murphy was hitting all his dunks on the first try. Like, you know, you hear Shaq talk about it, go out there, hit it on the first try. And Trey Murphy was doing that. So uh, I actually would like to see Trey Murphy in another dunk contest. I think that if he had, you know, maybe built himself more of a catalog, he'd probably be an R.A. dunk contest contestant. So uh, I thought dunk contest was was okay. You know, Jekyll Sims and uh Kenyon Martin Jr., left more to be desired, but (laughs) I thought Trey Murphy and Matt McClung held it down. And in terms of everything else, I mean, we've hit a lot. We hit a lot of bets. Uh, We gave out Team Powell to win the uh, Rising Stars Challenge. Uh, That was Scott's main pick. And then we gave out DK Metcalf as well to win MVP in the Celebrity Game. That was like plus 650. That was a nice bet. I think we hit something in basically every contest. So... Uh, all-star weekend viewership wise probably wasn't that good betting wise it was great
1: yeah I mean you mentioned him Matt McClung just did, did his thing in the dunk contest definitely po- uh, proved me wrong for sure Um and the crazy part was he hit every single one of his dunks on the first attempt. Like, he didn't mm-hmm. need a second or third attempt. He was just getting it done. But, yeah, shout-out to Matt McClung. I think he did sign a, a two-way deal with the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, before. Oh, he's about to – no, that, and that deal's about to be that, up. Yeah, like converted, tomorrow. yeah. <laughs> like, tomorrow. Yeah,
0: they they made sure – they was like, yeah, come Monday, that's, that's up. You don't think that you're about to be on – you know, on the bench on Thursday playing games for us after you won dunk contests. It won't like that. So uh, that that contract's going to be up before they come back on the court.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, Dante, takeaways from the weekend? Nothing really. I mean, I mean, I used to be, it used to be a lot better all-star weekend, but I'm not going to sit here and, and trash it like other people. It's just, I mean, it's just kind of whatever now. If you bet on it, you co- it's cool to watch, but other than that, I mean, it's not good for viewing purposes for the average fan, I would assume. Um, but other than that, I mean, D- Mac McClung did do his thing. I was wrong on Trey Murphy. Uh, I didn't. I don't remember him being a big dunker. Actually, like I watched him a lot in UVA. He's from North Carolina, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I told
0: people he had a dunk package. Yeah, I, 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 I didn't know. They used like, yeah, I, know like, I used to train him. Yeah, I used to train him. They said Yo, he them. has a dunk package. Like he's good. This is an event for him.
2: Yeah, I, 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 mean, I was, I thought, I thought he was in the wrong contest. He should have been in the three point contest. But, I mean, hey, prove wrong. But I thought the dunk contest was a little better, um, with, uh, with Trey and, um, Mac in it. But, other than that, man, I didn't have a lot to take away from it. I think the bigger conversation. I, I know is, how to make that. Yeah, go ahead.
0: This is how you make it better. This is how you make dunk contests better. It's you gotta, you have to ensure you, you literally have to ensure you have the best dunkers. In the contest, and people that are actually going to take the contest seriously, and you make it a tournament. You got to make yeah. it a tournament. Take one dunker from every team. It's something that builds up up to the all star. Whether they have dunk contests before the games at their locations, whether it's uh you know these separate events like get the best dunkers in the contest and people that actually care about the contest. Cause you see that you could tell some of those people are just doing that contest for a check. Like that's it, but they're not really doing it because they want to be out there in a dunk contest. They want to win the dunk contest. So take the best dunkers from every team have like some single elimination tournament leading up your final four is your dunk contest all-star weekend. You got the best dunkers. You got people who are clearly, invested in dunking because they've been doing this contest all the way up to this point Mm -hmm. probably through majority first part of the season you're not taking a toll on anybody's body because what they're doing whatever they would have did in warm-ups anyway in a dunk contest so yeah yeah because John moran specifically said i'm not doing dunk contests," and it's like dang like why (laughs) why are you not doing like you would be you would be great for it but it's because nobody cares about it the fans don't have
2: any incentive to do it
0: the fans don't really. care about All Star Weekend. The mm-hmm. league doesn't care about All Star Weekend. The players don't care about All Star Weekend until the league or the players start caring. The fans won't care. And it's gonna be the same product that it's gonna be every year. So you gotta you gotta put in you put in what you get out. Yeah. And right now they're not putting shit in. Well, they are putting shit in, so they're getting shit out.
1: Yeah, I think again the bigger conversation piece as well is how do you fix the actual game that takes place on Sunday nights is yeah, they added the Elam ending, which if it is a close game going into that fourth quarter, where they you know attack on the twenty-four points to get that target score, that's a change. But other than that, we see through the pretty much the first three quarters that there's zero defense being played. There's guys getting to the basket at will, guys jacking up half-court shots, logo three-point shots, whatever the case might be. But is there really a solution on or a some tactics? Is there a problem?
0: that's my yeah. question. Is there a problem? That's not going to be. Is there a, a problem here? A- like what's the, uh, for, what's for the people, problem there is i think because there's no but 82- i just don't get it you get 82 competitive games of basketball all year like you get 82 competitive games of basketball from every team all year well yeah. not every team i'm not gonna say every team but for majority of the teams in the league you get 82 games 80 basketball yeah and yeah. you get a freaking amazing playoff run and nine times out of ten you get a pretty decent playoff series so i'm like why does the All-Star game have to be this big competitive game where everybody goes hard? Like, this is literally the one game all these players say, oh, great, I don't have to go out there and play 40 minutes a night because mm-hmm. all these players are the dominant people on their teams. I could completely understand if, oh, all right, well, you know, I don't get to play that much anyway. I'll go out here and i you, I give you 37 and 10 because I don't get to play that much. But all these people play 40-plus minutes a night damn near. So I'm just – I'm not concerned on – the game i don't care that the game is shit like it just it's a (laughs) highlight fest and i feel like that's what it's supposed to be a highlight fest i don't know why we feel like the all-star game has to be competitive at this point like i i really don't it doesn't have to be that for me it's something fun the entire weekend is fun so this should be fun too why does this have to be the most competitive thing of the weekend i have no idea
1: Unless you're Jason Tatum and go out to, goes out and plays thirty five minutes uh, to tack on fifty five points last night, who yeah, ended up being like, the uh, MVP last night? Um, we like one Jason Tatum away from cashing Donovan Mitchell too. That's crazy, but yeah, I, like, I, I, I don't know. Maybe. I
0: don't think it has to be this big competitive game. Like I, but also. I truly just think All Star Weekend is literally just for fun, just for photo ops, yeah. just for people to pull up and do all this stuff, make money. You know, it was remember the game is a charity event, so mm-hmm. like you yep. make money, uh lot play, of money. You know, philanthropy, all that stuff. Like, I I just don't think that there is a reason that this game has to be the most competitive game of the year. Like, why does everybody want it to be that? Let it just be what it is. Fun. Yeah, I,
1: I you think know? you get that stretch of. The find like that fourth quarter where like if it is a, a close game that they add they add that 24 points and it does get a little competitive. I think we saw that what I think it was last year, the prior mm-hmm. year, when they uh when they instituted that new rule. But kind of just to recap it, Team Giannis finally gets uh they he finally beats uh, Team LeBron 184, 175. Jason Tatum, the MVP last night sets the record for the all-star game scoring. 55 points added uh 10 rebounds to that hit 10 three-pointers last night as well. Donovan Mitchell also had a great night as well uh back in Utah. He tacked on 40 points, had 10 assists, 15 of 25 from the floor. Kyrie uh for Team LeBron uh 32 points, 15 assists for Kyrie Irving and then Joel Embiid added 32 points as well uh for the um for for Team LeBron. Also Jalen Brown, 35 points in 25 minutes. He also had 14 rebounds in that game. So stat padding, guys jacking up shots, trying to make shots, getting the
2: MVP. Um <laughs> do, you, and Delonte, do you have anything else to add to that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's fixable. Like it, it doesn't matter what, what they do, like people are gonna complain regardless. So it's like it's like literally unfixable. So yeah, it's nothing, it's nothing they can do. They can't give the players enough incentives. I mean, these are the best players in the league, so obviously they're making the most money. So monetarily, like I mean they don't care like same with the dunk contest they got I think Matt McClung won what 100k okay. I mean some of these guys probably spend 100k on, on girls like man
0: so. I don't care <laughs> what money Matt McClung won because Matt McClone turned down millions to go overseas I couldn't care about Matt McClone pockets there's mm-hmm. no way I don't get the the, the G league is not that important <sighs> That's what it. That's what what it is about a lot of young folks these days. Like that's what it is about a lot of young folks. The young folks don't want to go out there. They want to play in the G League. And be Like oh, I'm in the G League. I can make the NBA. Make to the NBA. Make, it to, the NBA, make it to the NBA. No, what you need to be worried about is your family. Be worried <laughs> about your family and your chickens. And turning down millions overseas to go play for forty thousand dollars a year in the G League. All right. You
2: know what I mean, yeah, but it's it's unfixable. Like nobody's gonna. It's nobody's ever gonna be happy about it. I mean, yeah. so I think I seen somebody say, uh. Like, do it how baseball does their their all-star game. Winner of it gets home court advantage. But, I mean, it's kind of hard to do because you're playing – you know, I don't know it's just weird. It's, it's not I don't think it's fixable to be honest. I mean, I really don't care to be to that's I think that's a addition. a good all
0: starts when is when are the all-star game? Well, you can't really do that cuz it's East West now, but like yeah. you know, but it, I you think could that, have did it like when are the all-star game gets home court in yeah. the playoffs. That would have been really cool.
2: Yeah, something yeah. they should do is like play like switch it up, play 3 on 3 or something. Like make play make a tournament of 3 on 3 and make these guys play. I guess they got to play hard if they going to 11 3 on 3 and make it a tournament style. Uh, like pick up and I mean maybe that's something they could do to implement but I mean I doubt I don't know how they would structure and all that but that's something that I guess would kind of make it interesting but who knows
1: yeah that's the only thing that crossed my mind was that MLB their all-star game yeah whoever wins gets you know World Series um, home field advantage but again you know it is I think Terrell kind of hit the nail on the head that it's just a fun weekend just guys don't have to play defense it's really about charity right we we, they talked about it Throughout the broadcast, that you know, guys are you know, team LeBron supporting, I think it was a big sister, a big brother, big sister, uh, charity, and then and Giannis had his as well. So, and, you know, it was a good weekend, and we'll be back next year, like Terrell mentioned, in Indiana, uh, for the All Star weekend. Uh, let's get over to some real uh basketball news, guys. Right before we got on, we got the news of uh, Russell Westbrook agreeing to the buyout. Uh, with the Utah Jazz as part of the trade between the Lakers and the Utah Jazz. He uh, agrees to a buyout with the Utah Jazz. He's now going to sign with the Los Angeles Clippers. Um, Initial thoughts here, Delonte, I want to start with you here, man. Uh, Russell Westbrook signing with the Clippers now to be, I don't know if he's going to be the starter, but probably going to be coming off the bench for that team.
2: Uh, I don't know what the hell the Clippers are doing. They just got rid of Reggie Jackson, and you're going to bring in Russell Westbrook? I mean, maybe Reggie Jackson was more of a, uh, he wanted to get more minutes and he wasn't playing the type of minutes that he want, but I don't get how Russell Westbrook helps the team at all. Like, I mean, I, I don't know. He's just, I mean, he's going to play hard obviously, but he's, he doesn't add shot making, uh, I guess a little bit of playmaking from the point guard position, but I mean, I feel like he will be taken away from Terrence Mann minutes from, mm-hmm. you know, uh, bones, Highland, bones Highland, some, yeah. some of bones, islands minutes. Uh, so, I mean, I'm not a fan of it. I mean, I would have loved to see them get somebody else other than Westbrook, but I mean, hey, it's the Clippers, so I, mean, I, I can't be shocked, but I really have no idea what, what they're doing with this signing. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. It makes them worse. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think so. Yeah. Terrell? Right. I
0: mean, it basically just confirmed my next future bet that I was going to give out anyway, but now it just basically confirms it. And that's the Clippers to miss the playoffs at seven one, which I think is a very, very realistic possibility at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. And it's because where you look at where they are in the Western conference, they're not beating Denver or Memphis. I think it's clear cut Denver and Memphis more than likely Denver is going to be one Memphis going to be two, but I think mm-hmm. it's pretty clear cut that those two are one and two. They got, A three-game lead before third place. Then you have the Kings. All right, cool. I'm not the biggest on the Kings either. I'll give you that. Kings are sitting there. That may be somebody they could overtake. But if you look behind them, right next to them, they're at nine games back. Nine and a half games back is the Suns. Oh, wait. Kevin Durant. Okay. All right. On the Suns. Oh, and Dallas. Dallas is ten and a half games back. Oh, Kyrie Irving. Ooh, both of them are in the West now. Oh, interesting. How do we combat Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving? Oh, that's right. We get Russell Westbrook. Yes. And now we're in the same playing field as them. We can be in the same conversation as them because we got West Westbrook. Yes, absolutely. Wrong. No. <laughs> I think that there's more possibility of this team to sneak around and be a 7-8 seed than for them to move up and be a 3 seed. So, if you're telling me that the Kings hold serve and Phoenix and Dallas rise up, they're at six. Now I'm banking on a Golden State to have a good second half of the season and jump them and push them into the play-in. A New Orleans to have a good second half of the season, jump in, push them into the play-in. <laughs> like I, I can sit here and say that if, if the Clippers – the Clippers are one injury away. The Clippers are one injury away from being in a play-in. If there's one of Paul George or Kawhi Leonard that's not playing majority of the games in the second half of the season, they could easily find themselves in a play-in, especially with Russell Westbrook and us not knowing what they're getting from him. What is the plan for him? What does Ty Lue have planned for Russell Westbrook? Is he coming in to play defense? I don't think so. Is he coming in to be a shot creator? Is he coming in to be a playmaker? Is he coming in to be a slasher? Like, What is he doing and I don't think anybody knows it didn't work out with John Wall. Why are we automatically assuming that it's gonna work out with Russell Westbrook?
2: Yeah, well, so hurt. John was hurt, but yeah, I get it. No, but it, it
0: but it wasn't working when John was playing. It wasn't working when John was playing. They was getting bare they was getting the bare minimum from him, and that's not what they respected. They thought that they John Wall was gonna come in, he was gonna get healthy and he was gonna get a twenty point per game score, and that's yeah, not that, the case. That,
2: that's them on their part. He ain't played in like two and a half, three years. So I don't know, that's, that, that's so, for him.
0: Who's to say that you're getting anything better than what John Wall was giving you from Russell Westbrook? And you were a better team when you got rid of John Wall. So I don't know. I don't get it. I don't see it. I think that there's so much value on a team that is two games out of the play in, two games away from the play in, and they're seven one to miss. Cause if you get in that play in, anything can happen. Seven mm-hmm. yeah. one, yeah. I'll take my chances, and I'll take my chances that a New Orleans, somebody who was beat up first half of the season. We know when Zion Williamson comes back, they're going to be really, really good again. If he comes back, if yeah, I, yeah, if I, I think I have more optimism about Zion than a couple of other so people good around. Good luck to come you, back. But I'm just saying, even without Zion, you still have CJ and Brandon Ingram, and they're a completely different team when Brandon Ingram plays. So. It's so much, it's so many realms of possibility where the Clippers fall into the play in and don't make the playoffs and are similar to that Cavs team last year that was sitting in the same predicament after All Star, third or fourth team in the East, go make the play in and then end up not making the playoffs. So, yeah, I would very much take my chances with the 7 1 and just say that this Clippers team either has an injury I know we don't wish injuries on people, but has an injury or they just implode because. Russell Westbrook just isn't that guy anymore.
1: Yeah, I mean, I again, it was a head scratcher for me for for him to for at least the uh, Clippers to sign uh, Russell Westbrook on the squad because I think this team was really good on paper without him already. Like you mentioned, uh lot to mention that you're going to take minutes away from both Bones Highland and Terrence Man. That especially with Bones Highland, you acquired him in a trade. We knew Denver was going to trade him, but on paper, this team has talent. But again when you add Russell Westbrook to the equation, like Terrell mentioned, what is going to be his actual role for this Clippers team? And I think that's something that Ty is going to have to figure out because I don't think that he's going to be a starter on this team right. uh, for the uh, LA Clippers. Um, so uh, anything else about Westbrook, guys? I guess we can try to go, just go through the Western Conference here. Do you guys have anything else for the Westbrook signing? Nope. Uh, right. No, not really. Not really. Uh, oh. uh, yeah. That
0: was it. I gave you a 7-1 to bet. Now we just sit here and we wait and see what (laughs) happens. I mean, like I said, they are two games out from the play-in. So, I really think that uh, any of these Western Conference teams, and this is kind of a segue into our Western Conference – well, we are kind of in our Western Conference recap. But if you look at how close the Western Conference is, third and seven are separated by three games. Yeah, Three games. Yeah, I mean, a
2: bad week can have you as as a 13-seed. Yeah.
0: A bad week? And talk about people that have bad months, people that have a whole bad month. And so Sacramento is another team that I'm sitting here like, look at their odds. If they don't make the playoffs, are you really going to be surprised? Like if they fall from grace and fall into that play-in and end up losing the play-in, are you really going to be surprised? And they're plus three. They're three to one. Three to one to Mm -hmm. miss the playoffs. So now's the time where – if you want to just take shots in the dark, take shots in the dark because anything can happen. Literally anything can happen. There's people out here that are going to bet the Lakers to make the playoffs. If the Lakers make the playoffs, somebody has to miss. That's what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. So I think, yeah, Terrell laid out the clearly laid out the blueprint here for the Western Conference here. So right now, Denver sitting as the number one seed. they have a five game lead over the number two seed, the Memphis Grizzlies, who are five games back at the number two uh, at the number two spot. Now, the Memphis Grizzlies have a three game lead over the third place team, which, you know, Terrell just mentioned is the Sacramento Kings. Now, if you want to go down even further in the Western Conference standings from number three all the way down to let's go all the way down to 13 where the Lakers are. The three through 13 is separated by six games. Three through 10 are separated by four games. So that play in Bracken tournament there, I mean, anything can happen in a a span of one to two weeks here, where you're probably sitting where Sacramento is at the number three seed, and if they go on a five, six game losing streak. They can probably drop all the way down to number 10. I think that's something that's going to be exciting to watch in the Western Conference here. Uh, But kind of looking at it in the first half, guys, this kind of go here. Um, by a couple of, I guess, questions that or something that we can discuss here. And let's start with the biggest disappointing team so far in the first half of the season for uh, the Western Conference. Uh, Terrell, why don't you lead us off? which team do you think, or in your eyes, has been the most disappointing in the first half of the regular season in the Western Conference?
0: I mean, you got to say it's the Golden State Warriors. And just from where they were supposed to be this year and the fact that you're coming off of a championship. You have put a good portion of that roster back together, and mm-hmm. then now you're sitting here. You have another year with Clay, so Clay's looks a lot healthier this year. Uh, you have Steph. You, you're sitting here, but you're looking at this record, and you're seven and twenty-two on the road, and yeah. that's that's just glaringly bad, like glaringly bad. And if you talk about some of the teams that are even close to that record on the road, you have the San Antonio Spurs who have yeah. slightly worse records, twenty-four. I mean five five and twenty-four. You have the Houston Rockets, five and twenty-five. Those are the only two people in the West that have worse records than the Golden State Warriors on the road. So that that is probably the biggest disappointment that you should have. Because you would expect this team to be somewhere closer to the top four in the West looking to solidify a playoff spot. Now they're looking at a play in like they're looking dead smack at the play in right now. And if they don't have a good second half of the season, especially uh, whenever they get Steph Curry back, then they're going to be forced to play a play in game. And I don't think that's any situation that any of these teams want to be in.
1: Yeah, and now we don't know when exactly Steph Curry's going to back because this is now his, what his second stint on the uh, on the IL for the uh, Golden State Warriors. And again, I think there's a significant fall off when you don't have your best player, a, a arguably a top three, top five, top five for sure player in the league, not on your roster. There's a fall off after that with with you know Clay and Jordan Poole. And I'm saying not saying that they don't have you know good players, but when you're missing a, a player like Steph Curry you're going to take a step back and I think we've seen that I think you also have the nail on the head that they just haven't been very good on the road right and I think that's kind of been their demise in this first half of the season where they are 7 and 22 on the road but they are 22 and 7 at home but we know Golden State in this entire league are one of the best home uh home teams in the entire association um Delonte biggest disappointing team
2: for you in the Western Conference in the first half of the season Uh, I mean, honestly, I think it was only just one answer to to the question, to be honest. And I think it was Golden State. But I guess if I had to pinpoint, like, another one, uh, I guess maybe Minnesota. I guess maybe I wasn't expecting them to obviously be, like, a top three seed or anything, but maybe just playing better uh, from from that perspective. Uh, Them and New Orleans kind of are in the same boat to me as far as – It's
0: not even New Orleans' fault, though.
2: Yeah, I mean, but injuries happen, to, but we could say injuries happen for a, a lot of teams and, you know, things will be different, but, like, I think Golden State is really the only answer simply because of are coming off that tournament run. They brought, essentially, everybody back, and they just got Gary Payton second back again, so mm-hmm. it's essentially the same team being ran back. I mean, Steph just means a lot more to that team, than obviously, than people, you know, can, can basically put into words, like... He just makes them go, and that that's just what it is. Uh, they're role woes. I mean, they had him whenever he was there. Uh, they're having him when he's gone. So I think the Warriors are the biggest disappointment. I guess followed by Minnesota, all they gave up uh, to get Gobert. He hasn't really worked out. Uh, he's getting a little bit better with Conley being there. Uh, but I think going to state is pretty much the, the biggest disappointment, not just of the Western Conference, but of the NBA, I think.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I, I was very – optimistic on the portland Trail blazers this season um, they were a close second yeah i think that that that's the one team for me uh has been the portland Trail blazers this season i know they went out and got jeremy grant from uh what was it the pistons in the offseason? And i think there was a lot of rumors for prior uh to this season about him coming over to the portland trailblazers finally went out and got him he's having a good season I mean, he's averaging 20.8 points per game but it's just they haven't been able to put it together i know they've had guys again injuries are we talk about injuries for a lot of these teams, like, you know, the Golden State Warriors, the Pelicans, uh, Minnesota, they've been without cat for, I don't know how many months now. Mm-hmm. Um, but for, for the Portland trailblazers, I think on paper, you look at, it, I mean, they have, they have pretty good talent. Obviously when you have Dame, Anthony Simons has been really good for them as well. Jeremy Grant. So you have some bona fide scores, but I don't know if it's a coaching thing for the Portland trailblazers, but, um, you know, they, they acquired Batiste Dybul from the Sixers. They traded Josh Hart to the Knicks. Um, Shane Sharp, I think, you know, he's he dealt with some injuries early on in the season as well. And the depth just hasn't really been there for this team. So you're really heavily relying on your two, you know, your starting backcourt with Damian Lillard and Anthony Simons. If one of those two guys gets injured for a long period of time, then there's a significant fall off. So I think for me, It was Portland Trailblazers because I actually did bet their win total to go over this season, but it looks like they're going to fall a little bit short uh, on their win total, where they're right now sitting at at 28 and 30. Uh, They are currently sitting outside of that play-in tournament bracket, uh, just, uh, what, two and a half games, one and a half games ahead of the Lakers in the Western Conference as the 12th seed right now. But, uh, Lontan, any thoughts on the Portland Trailblazers this season?
2: Yeah, I mean, they've been playing a lot better as of late, uh i just i mean billups he hasn't got a grasp on on that rotation um i i would like the shading sh- i would like more shading sharp minutes obvious for obvious reasons i mean what he does on the floor when he's given the opportunity is is like in the numbers um i, I don't know maybe that that stint with Dame being hurt wasn't he hurt twice if i'm not mistaken at the beginning i believe so he's yeah, only played
1: 46 like- games
2: yeah, so, I mean, that, that part hurt them a little bit, and I think they were expecting Simons to take that second-year leap that C.J. McCollum did um, yeah. whenever he was there. And, I mean, he's playing well, but just not as consistent as they would like. I mean, they got Nas back, who has been playing well. I think they're trending in the right direction now, but um, I don't know if it's going to be too late. They do they do have some guys. I don't, they don't have size. Nurkic is always hurt. Um, and that's their main issue. They don't have any size, and it's pretty much Dame or Bust. Uh, offensively for them if Simons is not on. So I I like them going forward as far as, like, covering numbers and and being competitive. I just don't know if they have enough size on the inside to be able to compete with some of those Western Conference teams, like, you know, Memphis uh, with – well, whenever Steven Adams gets back and then Jaron Jackson, um, the Lakers obviously inside with AD, LeBron. Uh, And, I mean, some of those Western Conference teams are really big size-wise, and I think that's where they are at a disadvantage. But other than that, man, I like how they've been playing as of late. Um, I just don't know. It, it might be a little bit too late for them to to make a a surge. Yeah, Nark
1: just turns into barbecue chicken when they when they're yeah. doing the pick and roll with him because mm-hmm. he's just not quick on his feet to stay in front of the defenders or anything like that. But, uh, Toronto, any thoughts on the Portland Trailblazers?
0: Uh. No, I mean you guys basically hit on it. I'm not going to repeat what you guys said. They they are disappointed. and you know it was more expectations for them to at least be competitive right now. And they're sit, and I guess they are because everything's jumbled up right now. But they're sitting on the outside looking in, and you would have thought that they had a better chance. I think I had them a lot. I would definitely had them a lot higher than this. I thought that the Gary Payton, the second thing was going to be a really good addition for them to finally add some defense to that roster that didn't work out at all. Yeah. And so now it's really just can Portland score more points than you any given night, regardless of what you do. And some nights they do some nights, they don't that situation that they put themselves in. It's nothing that's going to carry them long-term. So uh, from Portland, I just coast. Rest of the season. Try again next year.
2: But, Do they have the picks?
0: Uh, I assume so. I, not, oh. I think so. Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. The NBA trades picks around like a freaking. No, <laughs> let me not say that. But they just be passing picks around. So uh, I have no idea who has what. You look up and somebody has your pick from ten years from now, and I'm like, oh wow, okay. I'm really thinking about that. Picks don't matter, people.
2: Yeah, I think. That, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess. Um.
1: I think that kind of leaves the question: Is this the last season for Damon Portland? Then,
2: no, I think he's content there. He don't. Uh, he he's he's like the man there. He don't. I don't think he wants to leave. If he did, he would have left maybe like a year ago. Um, whenever they were basically looking like they were tearing it down with CJ. I think him and Bradley Beal are two stars that just don't want to leave. They just want to stay where they are. They're content with where they are. Um, he's been to a Western Conference Finals. I mean, he got smacked, but he he's been there. Um, like. I don't. Yeah, I don't see Dane being like trying to be second fiddle to anybody. Like joining, joining up with you know like the Lakers. Some people got him linked to the Lakers. I don't think he'll do that. I think he wants to be the main guy all the time. He's loved in Portland. Um, That's just a hunch, like from hearing hearing him like in interviews and what he has to say about the you know the city of of Portland. Uh, I don't think he. I don't think he's gonna leave. Throw any thoughts on Dame leaving?
0: I mean, I feel like leaving is the wrong word here. We're getting I feel like shipped out mm-hmm. is the word that you should be you be you should be looking for shipped out because there is a very good possibility that Portland says, all right, we're done with this. Like this isn't working. And for us, I know us as a city, you love this city, city loves you. But for business, you're not good for business. And we're trying to get into a tanking business fairly soon <laughs> in the relative future. So uh you're not gonna do that, and we know you're not gonna do that. So we're going to respect you enough to ask you where you would like to go and send you where you would like to go. But in the next one to two years, Dane, we're probably shipping you out of here so that we can just blow this whole thing up.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, All right. So let's get some positivity here around here, guys. What's been the biggest surprises so far in the first half of the season in the Western Conference? Uh, Terrell, why don't you lead us off?
0: Hmm. Biggest surprise. It's really only two answers you can go with. Yep. I'm going to go with the latter, and that's the Oklahoma city thunder. Okay. Because you go and you draft the second overall pick and you have these pretty decent expectations for yourselves that you can put him, insert him into the lineup, start winning games. And then he goes and plays in uh, a program and breaks his foot or whatever he did, tears something. And he's done for the year. And it's instantly like, all right, we have to get through this again. We have to reload this again and try this again. And basically running back with the people we had last year. And now you're a tenth seed in the playing game. That mm-hmm. is great. That is phenomenal. The growth that you had from this year to last year, where everybody saw that you were you lost Chet Hogram and everybody's like, Oh, they're about to tank and they're about to get Wimbiana too. And now they're gonna have Homegram and Wimbiana. Everybody's literally saying that. There was literally photoshopped of so Wimbiana and Chet <laughs> next to each other. Yeah. And so OKC okay, saying, no, 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 we're still going to be competitive. We're going to go out here and we're going to hoop and we're going to go out and try to win a lot of games. And here they are, what, one game out of being 500, 10th seed in the West. That is a huge, huge uh, come up from where they were bottom of the league for the past few years. So, yeah, I think OKC with the number of picks that they have, with what they've been able to do with the team that they have this year. Like, cause it wasn't like the other only other team that I really could think of was Sacramento. And it isn't yeah. like, you could say, Oh, we got De'Aaron Fox. Oh, we got uh Sabonis. And now they're here for a whole year. we are put it together. We just got this defensive minded coach. We're going to change the culture on that side of the ball. Mm-hmm. No, now you have SGA. People are talking about Josh more. Jalen Williams, L.E., is out there showing people that hey i was i was a rookie this year and i could be in that rookie of the year conversation as well you're taking a whole bunch of pieces that a lot of people didn't think went together and you put yourself in position to potentially make the playoffs like that's really really good and not to mention you have a second overall pick coming back next year so okc is the biggest surprise this year for me
1: Plus all the draft capital they've accumulated for all the trades that they made over the past several seasons as well. You so. could just
0: ship all that out and get you a star.
1: Yeah, you could. You really
0: could. What if Dame, what if Dame was on OKC?
1: Yeah, I mean SGA and Dame. S-
0: I was- mean SGA, Dame, Giddy. and Giddy. You have oh, yeah. three three of them as guards. Giddy's uh, SGA and Dame can play off ball. You have Giddy running the point. Like I mean, I'm just sitting here and saying you have a whole bunch of options with these picks. Because drafting players truly, I'm trying to tell you, drafting players only matters if you hit big. It only matters if you hit big, and the only teams that that matters to is those guys in the bottom of the barrel, your San Antonio's, your Houston's, that's all that matters to. Yeah. These teams that are playoff competitors, they don't care about draft picks. Nobody cares about draft picks. That's why everybody trades them so easy.
1: It yeah, really I, I think the only team that really comes to mind that really put together their roster through the draft was probably the Golden State Warriors, where they drafted Curry, Draymond Green and Klay Thompson, obviously not and they in were, the were, And the when years. they were
0: getting those guys, they were in the lottery all those yep. years. They did, they had to care about draft picks because they weren't a good team. They weren't yeah. a good team all those yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, they were if, in the lottery.
2: If you, if you got a good front office and uh, and good, you know, evaluators, like like Memphis and OKC, like they are really good at evaluating talent, which is why they got those, those guys where they got them. At. I mean, I'm not saying that they're going, you know, contend for a title or anything, but they do a good job of developing their team and getting them today the, to the point where they want to go. Because OKC is drafting like incredible; they hit on every one of the picks so far. I mean, we haven't seen Chet obviously, but what they did with the two Jalen's and uh, they got Lou Dort—just uh, some of those guys are developed. How they develop? It's not guys. a championship roster, though. No, 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 no. I'm, yeah. yeah I'm not, so that's what I'm
0: saying. I'm saying if, that. But that's the only thing I'm saying. If you want to win a championship, you're not building it through the draft. Like that's that's just a fact. You're not building a championship roster through the draft at this point right now. You got to bring somebody in. You yeah, have to yeah, bring I agree somebody in. Yeah, I
1: agree. yeah. I mean, like their best player right now, that he didn't come through the draft. Right, he came through yeah. that. What well, was a poll, he came
0: through a, a trade. trade? Like, yeah, yeah, SGA is their yeah. best player, and he came through a trade. Like, you're not building a team through the draft nowadays. It's just not happening.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. They just. They got to get somebody else in there, I guess. Maybe they're thinking about, uh, like you said, somebody like Dane. But I don't know who would, who the hell would even want to go there uh, to play, like small market.
0: I mean, it's uh, not really – and that's why you're not trying to lure somebody as a free agent. You're trying to trade for somebody. And if you're OKC, you're, you're looking at the Toronto Raptors and you're saying they got a star for one year and they got a championship. That's all we need. I just need one year and a championship and everything, everything up to this point was worth it. Every single thing up to this point was worth it if you get one year in a championship. That's what Mark Cuban said with Dallas. I have one year with Kyrie Irving. I am fairly confident that I am only getting one year of Kyrie Irving. Yeah. If I can get can the help be. he needs for one year for a championship, that's all I need. We'll yeah. figure it out from there. Let's just get a championship this year. Now, Kevin Durant threw a really big monkey wrench in that <laughs> by going over this, to the this, uh, Phoenix Suns, and Mark Cuban literally said, fuck! Like, uh like... <laughs> Like, you know, it's really like I didn't know he was available too. I would have thrown this out there for him. But yeah, so it's just one of those things. It's really just one of those things where I think that's okay. See, in the future after this year, they sit there and say, All right, let's go get somebody for a rental and let's put ourselves in a position to win the championship because we can get back there. We have the talent, we can get back there. We just need somebody to put us over the top.
1: Yeah uh delante biggest surprise in the western conference this season
2: yeah i think it's just the other team that that real was talking about the kings um uh, yeah they're third third in the uh west if i'm not mistaken yep. playing incredible offense, number one offense in the, in the nba uh their defense is okay so metrically it's bad but they do play hard defensively they just don't have many defensive players to actually be able to play defense like uh, they don't have many on-ball defenders, which is something you definitely need in the West with those guards that, that you're going to play on a night-in, night-out basis, especially in the playoffs when the game slows down. That's the only thing that worries me um, about the Kings. But offensively, they're incredible. Um, they, they have an incredible electric crowd, like home crowd. Yeah. Um, but I think the Kings are by far one of the biggest surprises of the of the season. I mean, they were like 400-1 to, t- to win, like just to win, I think, the, the division or 300 to one or something like some big number just to win a division. So that just goes to show you that, you know, there wasn't many, there wasn't high expectations for that team. Mike Brown's got them playing extremely hard. Um, De'Aaron Fox, electric in the fourth quarter. I think he is like uh, top three or four in fourth quarter points per game. Uh, If you, if you watch a lot of their fourth quarters, he literally takes over. Um, Like I don't think he misses in fourth quarters. Sabonis is doing what Sabonis does. Love Keegan Murray. Uh, they're a deep team. The only thing I'm worried about is size on the inside and defense. But other than that, I think the Kings are one of the biggest surprises of the NBA. Yeah, Kings were the biggest surprise for me as well. I mean, I was me and Scott and
1: were very high coming in on this yes. team. Um this season and but they're what one game away or two games or two wins away from catching their regular season win to i think that was at 33 and a half if i'm not mistaken are yeah. currently sitting at 32 and 25 like you know delante mentioned they're third in the western conference right now but i mean you take a look at the, the the their top five guys or they have five guys that are uh averaging double digit scoring obviously De'Aaron and fox 24.8 points per game to modest I believe he leads the league in rebounding as well at 12.3 and then Kevin Herter, 15 points per game, Harrison Barnes, 15 points per game, Malik Monk, 13.4. And then Keegan Murray in his rookie season, he's averaging 12 points per game for this team. So they've been a great, uh, uh, I don't want to say story, but they've been able to put it together in this first year with Mike Brown under the, uh, as the head coach. And I think that for this team, when we talk about the Sacramento Kings was really getting a head coach in there. That was a little more defensive minded because year after year in the previous years, they were just one of the worst defensive teams across the board. It wasn't even a question that you were automatically betting overs on their game totals in the regular season uh, to just fly over because they just didn't play any defense. But, I also got to go back and just say how, how much of that trade between uh, the Pacers and the Kings for Sabonis and Halliburton just really worked out for both teams because Sabonis right now, he's been great for the Kings. We talked a lot about Tyrese Halliburton, not only on the NBA pod, but also on the podcast as well, of how both of those players have benefited both their respective teams in, in an equal manner. So for me, it's been the Sacramento Kings here as well. Hopefully they can continue it and get back in the playoffs where they haven't been in the playoffs for, I don't know how many years it's been for the um, Sacramento Kings since they've been there. So that's the one team for me as well. Um, I don't think there's, I think OKC is a great team as well. Again, you know, well, like Terrell was mentioning, that people were just assuming that with Chet going down, that they were going to tank again. But here they are in that playing bracket, uh, one game under 500. Um, and, and, you know, who knows if they keep winning games here and they are able to compete in that play-in tournament uh, in the Western Conference as we kind of wind down the season here. Uh, any other teams that were surprises to you guys? Uh, there's one more team that I do want to discuss here before we uh, wrap it up here, guys. Uh, but any other teams you guys want to throw out there? Denver. Denver. Ooh, I mean, I
0: think Denver, I think Denver is a really big surprise. <laughs> I mean, I don't think anybody on here picked Denver to be number one. By a pretty good margin in yeah. this point in the season actually battling for number one in the entire league and i mean they just keep finding ways to win games it, whether it be impressive whether it looks cool or not they continue to find ways to win games so i think that i have to go out here and say for a team that i thought was probably going to be middle of the pack like they are almost every year in the playoffs they're actually sitting in a comparable position in this season as the one seed in the Western conference. And that is a, a huge advantage. Like that is a very, very big advantage to have that home court to go up against the eight seed that is going to be a little battered up, bruised and all that going into that playoff series. So, I, I think that Denver is a pretty good surprise. I don't even think Denver fans thought that they would be in this situation because, I mean, when have they ever been here?
1: Yeah, Denver last season they finished up as a number six seed, right? With uh, the record of forty-eight and, and thirty-four, and that was without Jamal Murray and um, Michael Porter, Michael Porter Jr. Yeah, um, not playing for the entire season last year. You know, we talked about Jamal Murray recovering from the ACL injury and the in the back issues that MPJ was having, but You know, when you're getting your second and third player back or your second and third best players back, I think that they were going to be better, but I think you're right that we didn't expect them, or at least I didn't expect them to be this great. I did take their over on their win total, uh, but they've they've been a great team, especially at home, right? I believe they have the best home record, uh, not only in the Western Conference, but in the entire league where they are 27-4. and They're 14-14 and on the road this season. So, you know, we talk about home court advantages, whether, you know, going into altitude, and all that good stuff that we talk about. But Denver right now, yeah, they're sitting at 27-4 and with the home record um, thus far for this season. Uh, Dante, do you have any other teams that you want to mention?
2: Uh, yeah, um, but I, I know you were asking about uh, Sacramento playoffs. I think 2007 was the last playoff appearance for the Sacramento Yeah, League, so yeah it's 16, been a while. Yeah, 16 years. Um, I think the Jazz are uh, are a big surprise. I mean, I know they've tailed off as of late, um, mm. but them being competitive and as competitive as they being, especially as underdogs, um I think that's a, a, like a true testament to those players. Now, what they do going forward, uh, I'm not sure. I know they shipped off you know, two of their better role players on the team and um, Conley also, so a lot's going to fall on Clarkson and, and marketing. But I think what they've done – I mean, people – I know I thought that they would be like somewhat like the San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets. I think that would be bottom of the barrel yeah. as far as uh, wins go. But they've been competitive. They started out extremely hot. I mean, they've tailed off, like I said, but – I think the Utah jazz um, being competitive as they were on um, the first half of the season was a little bit surprising to me.
1: Yeah, I agree with that as well. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the year that they were, I mean, they were the one seed. I mean, yeah, for a very short period of time, sure. but the way they came out in the season, they, they, they looked like they were going to be a playoff team, but yeah, they have tailed off here um, it, approaching the second half of the season here where they're at 29 and 31. Well, obviously on the trade with the Lakers uh, with Jared Vanderbilt and Malik Beasley, Um, I think we'd be a little bit remiss that if we didn't touch on the Lakers here, I know we've talked a lot of, a lot, a lot about the Lakers throughout this season on the NBA pod here, but this is a new, this is a new look roster, right? With the trades that they did make with Minnesota and Utah, um, to bring in D'Lo, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, um, Anthony Davis is back healthy for now. Uh, And LeBron also talked about that at the all-star break when he did his press conference that this is, he said that this is these 24 games are the most important regular season games of his career because he doesn't want to miss the playoffs in back to back years. The whole breaking the record of the most three point, or sorry, uh, the all-time scoring leader is now past him. Uh, All those distractions are gone now. Um, I want to ask you this with this new look roster for this Los Angeles Lakers team, do you think they are good enough to make it into the playoffs as a top eight not the playing tournament but as a playoff team of for this upcoming playoff uh year
0: uh yeah I think they do, and it's just not really because of the roster but more because of the situation that they're mm-hmm. in and the fact that they're they're not you know completely out of it they're two games back of the 10 seed mm-hmm. two and a half back from nine three games back from seven and eight like there's a lot of there's room to make up there especially when you look at all right what's steph going to be doing is steph coming back are the warriors going to f- finally hit that second year that we expect them to do is okc be able to keep this going or are they going to tailor back off into what they've been doing for the past few years like Minnesota, what is Minnesota? So there's a there's a lot of room for them to come up there. And I truly do believe that if they make the play, in, that they one game to win with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, I think that they'll very much put all their effort into one game to win or two games to win to make it into the playoffs. So I think the Lakers are a pretty good bet to make the playoffs if they make the play in. And yep. so it's really just making up that ground, going on runs the second half of the season, to make a to make a play in game. But the issue for them is that they don't have an easy second half of the season. You got just for the rest of this month, the last three games of this month are warriors, Mavericks, Grizzlies. Like that's not easy. Mm -hmm. And then you look at next month and you're kicking next month off and you're playing the two teams that are above you in standings, the Thunder and the Timberwolves. Then you have the warriors and Grizzlies again, like then you have the Raptors who they just can never seem to beat. <laughs> like yeah. I, I just think that, you know, they're gonna need a lot of help. They're gonna need a lot of teams to come by and they're gonna have to play elite level basketball going down the stretch to be able to get this done. And it's a possibility that they can get it done, but they should just know that they're gonna be having some tough teams. They got a lot a couple of games against the Suns coming up. You still got Clippers who they can't beat coming up. Like there's a bunch of games on this schedule where you're gonna be concerned if you're the Los Angeles Lakers.
1: Yeah, I mean according to NBA Tankathon, that they do have the sixth easiest remaining mm-hmm. schedule. Um but like you mentioned they do have this this that this these first four to five games like you mentioned after this all-star break is where we're really gonna find out I think that if the Lakers are going to make the playoffs or not, but they still have two games against the Rockets. They have one against the Magic two against the uh, Bulls, one against the Raptors, two against the Jazz, two against the Thunder as well. So, again, the team that Thunder, um, SGA made, came out and made the comments as well about how he was playing defense when he was trying to go for a dunk. Uh, but we shall see. I think I'm more optimistic about this Lakers team uh, for this rest yeah. of the season. I just think that's tough. The playoffs.
0: Yeah. Um, the fact that you got to play the Suns, Warriors, Grizzlies, and Cl- – is it – no, you have one game against the Clippers. So Two against the Suns. Two Suns.
1: against the Mavs as well.
0: Yeah, and the maps. That's it. So you have the maps, yeah. Suns, Grizzlies, and and uh, who was the other team? I said I don't know.
1: Whatever. Uh, Clips one. So, yeah, two against the Grizzlies. Two against the Suns. That's like ten games. It's like yeah. ten games right there. Yeah. Uh, Dons- and Dons- if you Lakers- take a yeah, oh, NLs, Go ahead. Mm,
0: no, I'm just saying. I was just saying. There's ten games where you could sit here and say right now those probably could be L's.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh Delante, thoughts on the Lakers? Uh I mean, no doubt they improved the roster. Um, health is the main concern. Like A D has been healthy for what, like uh the last five or six games, and when he's engaged and, and locked in as he has been, he he looks unreal, like top five, top six player in the league, real. Like defense what well, he does defensively, erasing shots, and he's able to switch on the pick and rolls. When they have that front court of Rui, A D and LeBron in the game, they they're so switchable and defensively, they're able to to pretty much defend anybody at any at any level. And when mm-hmm. LeBron's locked in defensively, I know he's not always locked in defensively. Um, as of late, I mean, he's old, so he's not going to have that intensity um, level that he will be uh, coming going forward. But I think that if I mean, obviously, it's a big if. But if AD can stay healthy, they they are trending in the right direction. Like you said, they have a, a six easiest schedule. Um, but I think it's about per- I think it's about percentage of teams that they have left, like percentage of um, record that they have left. I think that's how they grade it. But, um, yeah, I mean, I like the Lakers going forward. It's health. I mean, it's just that's the main thing, just being healthy and being able to get those guys meshed in quickly. Like how soon can they all mesh in? They play well for a few games, but, you know, when things get a little rocky, they go on like a one- or two-game stretch where things that are going the way that they – that they thought, like, how do they react back to that? So that's what I'm kind of looking for. And, of course, the AD help thing. um, My thing is with their 14th right now, I think 14th in the West right now. So I'm looking to sell pretty much the Pelicans and the Timberwolves. So that's 11. And then the Jazz, so that's 10. So they can jump up three spots, I think, by just virtue of those three teams in front of them performing uh, at a lower level than what they did in the first half. So, uh, yeah, I like them going forward. If they can get into the play-in, like, I think like both of you guys said, A D and LeBron in a one game set to go to the playoffs or two game set at 13 C is I mean, I'll put my money on them to, to do that.
1: Yep. All right. Uh, before we get into maybe a best bet that we want to give out, um, let me tell our listeners about uh, our presenting sponsor that is Winbet. Winbet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Winbet is active in a bunch of states and there are a ton of ways to win, including live betting. And same game parlays, a.k.a. win bets. Build your own bet. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at win bet. Ready to, if you're ready to play, sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100 and get 100. Limited state availability. And, of course, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know that we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbed.com. Must be 20 years or older and present in the state where playthrough winbed is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call one 800 All right, guys, we talked a lot about, you know, teams that may make the playoffs, miss the playoffs. You know, there's some regular season win totals out there as well. Terrell, you already gave out the Clippers seven to one to miss the playoffs here. Um, you have anything uh-huh. else you want to give out as far as a bet for the Western Conference?
0: Uh, load up on the Pelicans while you can. That's really my thing. I think that the Pelicans, I said it I tweeted out before, I think the Pelicans are primed to have one of the better second half of the seasons of anybody in that conference. And it's just because of the fact that they were never really a bad team. It's just, you know, when you lose two of your top three players really, an argument could be made for your top two players that you're going to take a step back. And so the fact that they're still over five they they're at the seventh seed, they're sniffing back into getting and securing a playoff spot without even worrying about the play-in. I think that the Pelicans are one of the better buyers to be at the, at this point of the season where they can turn this around. They can turn this around quickly, especially if Zion Williamson comes back and how Brandon Ingram and C.J. McCollum are playing. They can absolutely turn
1: this season around. Pelicans 60-1 to one to win the title uh western conference they are sitting at 25 to 1 and for them to win the division they are 30 to 1 right now so a uh, couple of um futures out there i know there are some books that are offering regular season win totals or updated regular season win totals i do not see the pelicans on that list right now maybe i can dig that up uh, before we get out of here but uh Dante, i say i'm you at,
0: 42 and a half
1: at 42 and a half okay all right. So yeah, we'll go with that forty-two and a half. Uh if you want to yeah, with and 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 that. yeah, forty two and a half plus money. Okay. Uh Delante, uh mm-hmm. you bet you want to give out?
2: Uh yeah, I mean, I like both LA teams to be honest. Um, I like the Clippers six to one to win to win the uh West. You can get them at twelve to one to win the championship. I just like I like Kawhi. I like Paul George when they're when they're playing. I, I really I mean the Russell Westbrook thing did with his head scratching, but I mean, other than that, I really don't care about about it. They just they're just such a deep team, um, and I think that they'll be able to match up with anybody, literally anybody in the playoffs. And if they get the right matchup, then like I think they match up well with Denver. Is, is basically what I'm saying. So if they get into that four or five matchup, because one plays four or five in the second round, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think they can beat Denver. And I mean, if you got six to one, obviously they're going to be a dog in against Denver in the second round. You could you know, kind of if they're not too big of a dog, kind of hedge out of that. Uh, but I like the Clippers going forward. Uh, As soon as they get those guys implemented, I like the addition of Plumlee with Zubak. I think they'll be uh, really good at protecting the rim, and Plumlee can do some playmaking things uh, to help out. Uh, Also, you know, we just talked about the Lakers. I mean, it's just a big price, 25-1, to I think, to win the West. Just, I mean, I'm just betting on LeBron and AD, to be honest. Uh, They have uh, an assortment of guys that can be able to play in any type of game, Uh, Vanderbilt and uh, Malik Beasley, Solid defenders. Um, I do worry about Ham and some of his rotations and what he does in certain situations, um, in big spots because he's not he's not good right now, uh, with some of the rotations that he's putting out there and how he allocates some of those minutes to certain guys. And now he has to get re implemented into you know, getting these new guys and who they play well with and and all of that. So big price. I like the Lakers twenty five to one. I like the Clippers uh six to one win West.
1: Yeah, I was going to go with the Lakers to make the playoffs. I see a close to a two to one uh, for them to get in. Again, oh, yeah. I yeah, we talked about how they, I think, the roster upgrades with you know bringing in Vanderbilt. I think that was huge. Obviously, getting a a good shooter in Malik Beasley, also getting D'Lo back at the point guard position. Guys that can you know shoot the basketball that would, what the Lakers really needed. Right? They didn't have that three point shooting. Right. Also, don't forget they also added Rui Hachimura coming mm-hmm. off the bench for them as well. The guys that can, the guy that can fill the basket as well. And when your top two guys AD and LeBron are healthy, with this roster, I think they can get into the playoffs as well. So I see a plus one ninety eight right now for them to make the playoffs. Just call it two to one. Uh, for them to make the playoffs, uh, I will go with that as a uh, uh, best bet here for this Western Conference so, recap.
0: If y'all I got go both L.A. teams in the playoffs, who's missing? So who's missing the playoffs?
2: Well, I don't like the Pelicans. Because somebody has to miss I don't it. like the Pelicans at all. I don't think Zion's going to come back. And I don't like their offense. They, they just can't score. I mean, Brandon Ingram, I like Brandon Ingram a lot. But, I mean, I don't, to him shouldering all that offensive – load i mean cj it's got to take more of a facilitating role right because they don't have a lot they don't have a point guard um i don't like minnesota
1: i think minnesota and okc fall out of the bracket right now yeah and then you get lakers in into that play-in tournament and at that point it's just like you mentioned that they could win one or two games
0: but at that point is 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 pelicans golden state lakers and only two get in I think if Zion doesn't and I, come back. I, I mean, Delonte's already out. But, Munov, me and you were high on this Pelicans team going in, and we were patting ourselves in the back until yeah. Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson got injured. So yeah. it's like, are you out on the Pelicans? Are you? That's the only like- reason we're not taking the Lakers to make the playoffs because I'm like, yeah. okay, if the make- Lakers get in, who's not making it? And I'm fairly confident that no matter what Golden State has going on, they're going to sneak in. So it's like. Are we one so injury away from the, Pelican, the Dallas like,
1: Mavericks not making it?
0: No, I, I, I mean I think, yeah, I think, I think there's a possibility. I mean, let's I say it's or Luka go down, it's so jumbled up. It's possibility for everybody. I still think the Kings, the Kings, Could fall the Kings out? are still in possibility of not making it. Like. Yeah. Uh, it I was think the same thing that we saw with the Cavs last The Cavs were had the Cavs were like a three-seed for majority of the year. And then next thing you know, second half of the season, they fall to four, then they fall to five, fall to six. Next thing you know, they're at seven. They lose two games
2: and they're out. Yep. and they robbed my man Evan Mobley of that of that rookie of the year award, too.
1: Clippers number have the second most uh, difficult schedule, and then Sacramento uh fourth most difficult schedule left for the rest of the season. <laughs>
2: Oh, I so. got I got the king. I, I don't know. I got the kings as the fifth easiest. Maybe I looked at that wrong. Let me see. Yeah,
1: because I have they, them as the yeah the fourth most difficult schedule. Oh, damn. I have Philly number one, Clippers what, two, what makes your schedule difficult? It's just they, they, strength of schedule. Yeah, they They're basically combine win percentage. Yeah, win percentage. Yeah. Uh, uh, okay. Okay, uh, you're I mean, right. I mean, yeah, my, you
2: my got... bad. My bad, Munaf. You're right. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh,
1: all right. Before we get out of here, we got to shout out some podcast reviews that came in for us. I'll quickly, quickly go through these. Uh, our first one we got from uh, God Dank. Uh, this one was came in on Valentine's Day. He says, uh, "Great, give us a five star review. Great info without Homer bias. If you want good game breakdown and trends on teams you're probably sleeping on, these guys have it. Helping build that bankroll. Appreciate you leaving that review." Next one comes from uh, Robbie, uh, Robbie show sneaky best NBA pod five star review. If you listen uh, to a terrible podcast that has no valuable insights or knowledge, it would be advised to find another podcast. The crew on this podcast knows basketball information that provides a great edge in games, including some sneaky double double plays. Keep it up, guys. The people love it. Um uh awar watson five-star review best basketball pi- betting podcast hands down the best hoops podcast out there i love how you guys come from different uh several different angles and spark thoughts for listeners starting started listening to you guys a month oh uh, sorry excuse me a month ago and you have turned me into a consistent listener keep up the good work and i will continue tuning in daily appreciate you. Uh, The Guarantee leaves a five-star review as well. He titles it, most in-depth NBA betting coverage available. These guys go into such depth reviewing every game of the day. They break down each game, then pick sides, totals, and props. I also listen to the Buckets podcast, but they don't go in nearly as much depth as this show does. If you want to improve your NBA betting, this is the place to do it. Um, And that, I believe, was – no, we got – yeah, that was our last couple ones. Or no, what we got another one. Um, this one is titled Dankest NBA Betting Pod. He says, Don't be a coward, just take all, all their bets without leaving a review. This pod is awesome, breaks down all uh all the games, best bets, and player props. Uh it's a must listen, also a must review. I mean, what are you, a coward or something? So, yeah, calling our listeners a cowards uh has been getting us some reviews in. So if you haven't already left us a rating and review, please do so for the NBA Gambling podcast. We just we just want our respect, right, Terrell?
0: Hey man, you know, uh Sports Gambling podcast gets their respect. You know, I want my respect too. So we we doing it big over here and I expect to see us, you know, on the on the mothership pod a lot more recently i think that my complaints have gone a long way so expect to see some more nba bets all over sports Gambling podcast network
1: yeah and and if you're listening right now you are going to listen to this just uh tweet at sean and ryan and tell tell them to give uh give the nba Gambling podcast their respect just tweet them i want I want you guys to go blow up their twitter mentions just, just blow them up
2: i'll um, retweet everyone
1: yeah, we'll retweet everyone on from the uh, from our personal accounts and then from the NBA Gaming Podcast account. All right, guys, we'll be back tomorrow for the Eastern Conference recap. Uh, Terrell, anything else you want to get off your chest, my man, before we get out of here? No,
0: no, I really don't have to say anything at all, but Gilbert Arenas went on uh, game theory and reinvigorated the fact
2: that these dudes really ain't trying to fight for him. <laughs>
1: uh, Delonte, anything else, my
2: man? <laughs> Game theory, great, great show, Bumani. Love Bumani. Uh, nah, man, not not much. Good to have you back. Uh, Moon Off, hope you enjoyed your vacation and uh, ready to ground out some winners for uh, for NBA.
1: Yeah, man, game's back on Thursday, but we're gonna be here throughout the week. We'll, we'll again, we do the Western Conference today, we'll do the East uh, tomorrow, and then we'll give out some more uh, futures and, and things like that on the Wednesday pod as well. Make sure to follow Terrell on Twitter. At really rail underscore underscore. Follow him on Instagram as well. Uh, follow Delonte on Twitter at xx. Follow me on Twitter at sportsnerd824. If you haven't already, subscribe to the NBA Gambling Podcast YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on Twitter at SGPNNBA. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Talk about the Eastern Conference. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride.